0: Here we go. Season 7. All aboard. If you missed it, here's what we believe. 66-book canon. We believe in a 66-book canon. There is no more, there is no less. It's 66 books.
1: That Yeshua, who is preached by the apostles in the gospels and in the epistles, is the only means of salvation as we are call in Yeshua means.
0: In other words, justification is by faith alone and not by works that any man should boast. Faith working through love. We are unashamedly Trinitarian. We're also unashamedly uh, doctored, believe in the doctrines of grace, what is commonly referred to as Calvinistic.
1: The, the New Covenant is not time-bound. That is to say that the... The horizon of the faith of our father Abraham is no different. Right. No, no, it is not shy of the horizon of our hope and our faith.
0: In other words, the, that salvation was salvation was the same for Abraham as it is for us. Right. right. Yep, yep. It's Wednesday, August 26, 2020. This is Messiah Matters number 311. What would it be like if people cared as much about God and the Bible as they do about U.S. politics? My name is Caleb Haag.
1: Okay, fine. Galatians one ten. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Boom. Am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a slave of Christ. I'm Rob.
0: Mr. Rob Hoff <laughs> what up everybody we took a week off now i'm gonna i'm gonna just dash all of your dreams all of your hopes all of your expectations right now <laughs> we're back for one week we're taking next week off boom there you go i'm sorry i, had I heard the it. cries i'm hearing. Uh, yeah, the, cr- yeah the, the tears are flowing <laughs> right now okay um, we might lose some likes <laughs> I had somebody, I blocked, I finally ended up blocking this person from commenting on our YouTube channel because it was just overwhelming. I mean, like 20 comments all just, what am I supposed to do with that? Anyway, um, and you know, anyway, he said that we weren't going to get enough likes or shares if we continued to believe in Calvinism. Let me just say, let me just say right now for those, if there's any confusion out there, there might be confusion on this. Let's just clear this up. Rob and I don't come on YouTube to get more likes, more shares, and more people watching this show. We thought a couple of people might listen from our congregation when we started. That was the intent. Everything above that is icing on the cake. Yeah, we were
1: surprised. Remember the one guy said they probably don't even have 50? or <laughs> Did
0: their fifty, they're more like, well, really, fifty? <laughs> we, we, we have fifty listeners? Good <laughs> felt, gracious, what is that?" Going felt on? like that, that felt like a lot. Well, yeah, I thought he was being super gracious. That was uh, <laughs> that was really kind of him. Um, anyway, so uh, just so y'all know, we don't care at all about uh, about the likes or the shares. Uh, what we uh, care about is talking about the issues that are facing us as Christians, as believers within theology, looking at the Bible, and those kind of things. And uh, if you don't like that, and you don't want to listen to that, then by all means, please turn it off. We don't care. Okay, well, we do have quite a list of things to talk about today, and uh, that's because we've had a lot of people calling in, a uh, a lot of people writing us emails, leaving comments, Uh, Before we get to all that, I'm going to bring up our associate producers, our executive producers. Thank you to our producers for the summer quarter, and uh, we do appreciate it. Oh, by the way, Erna, I have not forgotten about you. I need to send you a cup. I'll do that right away. I apologize. Um, Yeah, I got to write that down. Write that down. Um, Okay. Yes, Erna. Sorry, Erna. My bad. Erna, send cup. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) you see the the workings of this show while it's happening okay um i also want to thank everyone who supports this show here's what's going to happen and this i've thought about um a little bit i have not informed rob of this i think tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to record another show and we're going to post that in our supporters area and that's going to be up in our supporters area for at least a week. I don't know if it's going to go live at any point to everyone, but it might. If you want to be a supporter and uh, you want to see all of our behind-the-scenes things and all of our extra talks and all that kind of stuff, you can do so. Um, Go to uh, resources, hover over resources, go down to uh, Messiah Matters, and you can find all sorts of information on how you can become a supporter for as little as $5 a month. That's right, for as little as the price of a latte at Starbucks. Once a month, you can be a supporter of this show and help us produce it. All right. Um, with all that said, continue giving us ideas for the show. You can do that. Oh, wrong, wrong kicker. I apologize. Well, it's okay. We're going to leave that up anyway. Uh, give us a call in our comment line, 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You can also shoot us email, heg at TorahResource.com. It is Heg at Torresource.com. Hagg is H-E-G-G. Okay. Man, there's a lot going on in the chat room already, and I don't know why, but that's awesome. So it looks like we got a good showing already. So, uh Yeah. Thank you so much. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the conversation. Okay. We're going to take this off the screen. Boom. There you go.
1: I just want to note Caleb's wearing one of his uh, Seattle Kraken. Boom. Boom. We call it. It's not memorabilia. It's merchandise, uh, bro. Merchandise. Merch. Merch. Merch.
0: For those who might not know, have they played a game yet? They they don't even, no, they don't start start until October 2021. (laughs) They don't even let's have,
1: hope they don't. Let's hope they don't suck. It, it doesn't matter
0: if they do or not. That that is not the loyalty comes from an an, an NHL team in Washington State. Okay. That's the I mean, on board, on board. <laughs> we have a general manager. We have an announcer. That's all we have. We don't even have a coach. Anyway.
1: Wow, that's that clock's ticking.
0: No, they, we we will we will plan all this out in the twenty. 20- one expansion draft if you'd like to know anything more about the nhl or hockey please email me <laughs> at seahag at torresource.com uh there are few people who like talking hockey shop with me but i'm into it i uh i really enjoy it
1: speaking of merch and and uh our supporters our producers is there a new mug around the band with fall quarter. There coming. will be
0: a new mug for fall quarter. And basically this is how it works. We So it's about
1: 4 weeks out. Yeah, Messiah
0: Matters weeks. is always about 2 weeks after the quarter actually rolls over. So the summer the summer producers will roll into the into the fall. And then um, the fall producers will start about 2 to 3 weeks after the the fall quarter actually begins. And that that just happens because we're so busy trying to get stuff ready for the quarters. And by the time right. it hits we're like, "Oh, yeah, by the way, we need to do stuff for our producers, so um, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's jump in. I know it's been a long time coming because we have been on air for like ten minutes already. Um, Gary Elkins, our good friend and a uh, sometimes is he all time? Sometimes I think he's an all-time producer of this show. I could be wrong. Anyway, Gary is a great resource for telling us um you know, giving a sh- iron sharpening iron let's put it that way um often gary uh disagrees with little things that we say here and there and he is uh, a wonderful he wonderfully always uh crafts his emails in a way to make us sit back and go hmm interesting and this is certainly one of them uh very worth talking about so two weeks ago we talked about the gospel message itself And uh, talked about covenant relationship and how Christ's death actually plays into covenant relationship because he pays the curse of the covenant for not upholding the covenant, right? Uh, Anyway, and this is what Gary says. Now, I only took a a short piece of this email, so I hope that I encapsulate all of Gary's uh, comment he says i was really surprised when the uh, when the answers given since they see, with the answers given since they seem to miss the real underlying core issue at stake so please let me explain while there are while there may be covenant dynamics and ramifications at stake the core underlying issue is the nature of god as he has revealed himself within the scriptures i love this this is absolutely 100% the case Uh, Gary has hit the nail on the head, and thank you for that, sir. He goes on, obviously, he is personal and relational, and I realize this is all elementary for you all. The covenant itself defined the boundaries of the relationship and revealed to us how he intends to deal with sin, yet it doesn't really answer the question of why sin has to be dealt with in such a severe manner. I don't think this can be stressed enough to those who inquire, even if it were from a pure secular humanistic worldview, such as how can two wrongs in the sense of another innocent victim dying make a right. The most dominant characteristic of Hashem, that is God, uh, God's, of God we encounter, is the, in the scriptures is his holiness. It is his holiness that demands justice. Um, I, I end quote there um, because I think that's enough to grasp the overall message of what Gary is saying. It is a he has hit the nail on the head. I can't say I, I can't stress that enough. He's absolutely right. The gospel message is about God's holiness. And this plays into so many different aspects of our theology. This is one of the reasons that I believe in an eternal punishment of the wicked. So, so many within the um, uh, the Messianic movement and the Hebrew Roots movement and the Torah movement in general <clears throat> are giving up on some core doctrines of the faith. And one of those core doctrines that I see, this isn't an over- overwhelming amount, but some of those core doctrines that I see being given up on are is eternal punishment of the wicked. Why is in- eternal punishment of the wicked tied into the gospel message itself? Well, it's because God is infinitely holy, as Gary has pointed out. And we, as human beings, have changed our nature to be unholy. In, in other words, it's not that I incur sin, it's that my nature now is sin. The being that I am is, uh, at its core, sinful. And God cannot, as an infinite God in his holiness and everything else, but in his holiness, his holiness cannot uh, be in relationship with something that is unholy. That would make his holiness Not infinite. That can't be. And so you need something to pay that price of unholiness in order to come back into relationship with the Almighty God. And, I mean, this plays into the Messiah's deity as well. Yeshua has to be God because he can't have a beginning. If he has a beginning, then it can't pay the infinite transgression against an infinite holiness. And this is why... Eternal punishment of the wicked comes into play because to pay that price, if you have one sin in your life, it is an infinite mark against infinite holiness. And to pay that price, you need an infinite payment. So you have two options. A, you have a payment that is infinite in both directions, or you pay for that penalty for infinity. Hence, eternal punishment of the wicked. Okay. I've laid out my understanding of uh, what Gary has so rightfully put forward. Rob, you want to jump in?
1: I don't know. I don't have anything to add to any of that. I liked Gary's email, I think he did a really good job describing it. I remember the original question that, that kicked off this whole discussion was why, why did Christ have to die for Adam's sin? I think that was the question. And the idea was, was there any other way? Right. And so we unpacked that from a few different angles. One is that um, you, you, can, you can frame it that the Messiah died for Adam's sin, but really he, he died for the elect. He purchased, you know, with his, with his precious blood, as it says in 1 Peter, um, as a spotless lamb he purchased uh the souls of the elect you know right. we were de- dead in our trespasses and sins and and like you were just saying that's and even in isaiah as it says your sins have separated you from god like there's there's um death and darkness which is contrary to light and life and holiness and you know he is the living god he is like Gary pointed out, you know, in Isaiah six, the seraphim say, "Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh." I mean, that's they're just declaring his holiness.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, throughout, what a, throughout what a, eternity, you what, know, what, and it never gets old. What a wonderful right? passage it, that is, and it's and it it's, never uh, gets
1: old that it, they're just declaring. And it's and, re-
0: and it's reaffirmed in Revelation, right? Isaiah and, and Revelation. even Isaiah, yeah, and even Isaiah there in, in
1: chapter six, where he gets this vision, and this is Isaiah the prophet, right? I mean, we'd think, wow. Yeshua, the prophet, is. If anybody is a holy man, it would be Isaiah, and he says, "Woe is me." You know, I mean, what does he see? He sees depravity in himself and in his people.
0: Yeah, you know, you you said you said something. It never gets old. Think about that for a second. Like I think of like having children and like, mom, 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 <laughs> mama, mama, mom, mom. Are we there mommy, yet? Are mama, mama. <laughs> But, and you just want to say, be quiet, <laughs> stop saying that. What do you stop? Right. But that's not what it's like in heaven. Right. The, I mean, the angels are constantly holy, holy, holy. And it's just like infinity. And again, exactly. It's
1: that, that it, it's our, our mind in terms of things of the earth, we can't grasp eternity, let alone infinity. You know, it, it's, um, it's, Pretty mind-blowing.
0: It's a great comment by Gary. Thank you so much for the email. And yes, you hit the nail on the head. Ultimately, the gospel goes back to God's holiness and the infinite holiness that God has.
1: Oh, not only, okay, and and one other bit with the covenant is his covenant with Abraham is that he's going to bring blessing to into the world. Right. And that blessing comes from him. Right. So the the blessing of God has God's fingerprints all over it. Yes. right it's got god's it's it reflects god's holiness his character and his glory right so how does he how does he bring how's he going to deliver this blessing and it, it's a message for all nations not just the physical stock you know not just for jews so
0: yeah Um, We got a a couple of things going on in the chat room, really good things that we need to bring up. Okay, first of all, Mike uh, posts for us, uh, he's the Torah resource account, by the way, uh, new mug coming up, suggestions, welcome, Evelyn says, Sola Script Torah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yes, my my
0: suggestion was, you know, somebody already made, and I don't know who it was, but somebody already made a mug that says, yes, I've read Galatians. Um <clears throat> I I want to do something like that. I don't want to rip the people off directly, but um you know, something like Galatians is my favorite book or yeah, I don't know, something like that. Um and then also uh, actually sola scriptura, the account sola scriptura says rob where is your books cry face, that is the elephant in the room. Rob is for those listening in uh in with no video, rob is standing or er, sitting in front of what looks like three, four, five, empty, five, sorry, five empty bookshelves that are normally filled. Well, well if I moved
1: my camera around, you'd see all the, I've still got a little bit more in packing up. We're, we're going to do some work on my office there. It looks like we have some water damage and hoping it's not going to be moldy in there. um, But I'm in a basement, obviously you could probably tell. Um, yep. And we're, there's some signs that we're concerned about. So I'm in process of, packing up a bunch of stuff and emptying this out. And uh, hopefully it won't be too bad.
0: But you still have your books.
1: Yeah. They're all packed in. Oh boy. I went to one of these do it yourself hardware stores and got all these moving boxes that are, and I got, Oh, I'll just get the medium size. You know, it's like maybe 14 by 15 inch, you know, boxes. Oh man. You fill those with books and it's just like, Oh I don't know, I've been putting it on a scale, but it could be 100 pounds for a book, maybe, uh, for a box. And I'm like, honey, I have too many books. Well, she's been telling me that forever.
0: Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I know, whoa. I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Them's Let's, fighting words. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as too many books. <laughs> if you ever say that around my wife, I'm, you, you and I are going to fight. Because <laughs> I'm trying to petition to build another bookshelf right now. Nice. And she is. Uh, she is fighting. So well, I should I'm going to, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going to be right now. I'm just packing them up, but when it comes time to, you know, Lord willing, when I've got things cleaned up and time to redo my shelves, it's going to be a time of going through and maybe weeding out some of the, some of the garden. We'll see.
0: Okay. Let's get, cause back I have to make
1: it. room for new books. See that's
0: now let's see. Maybe we should have a theme. Can can people figure out what the what the theme is between every single one of the topics that we're going to have today? Because there is a theme. Um, This is a question, and basically this is left on our YouTube channel. I had to recreate it because uh, I couldn't find it the other day. After I've seen it probably fifteen times, though, and I think I I got it almost word for word. And the and the reason I and the it's only a line long. Isn't the Torah movement? Hebrew roots slash messianic movement, just another for, just a form of Judaism. Now, this is in a longer conversation about um, titles and, and those kind of things. And so, this person says, "I don't really, you know." They're basically saying, "I don't understand." Isn't the Torah movement just another form of Judaism? Now, for those who don't know, this has been an ongoing uh, an ongoing conversation in the past, what, seven years on this show, about labels. Uh, Rob and I are uh, reject the idea that we're part of the Hebrew Roots Movement. I've done a video on on why that is and what I believe the Hebrew Roots Movement is on my channel, uh, on my YouTube channel uh, titled Growing in Messiah. You can find that YouTube channel and you can find, I think it's the two videos back or something like that. I've also done one on the Messianic movement, Messianic Jewish movement, um, and what that is and kind of the history of that and, and those kind of things. I would consider myself growing up in the Messianic movement, definitely not the Hebrew Roots movement. Um, and then uh, now I just, uh, you know, I, I went back to my original roots is what I did. We call our church a church and we call it a non-denominational Christian church. And that's what we, uh, that's, we're, we're fine with that. that. That label actually suits us very well. Um, especially for the order of service that we have and those kind of things. Um, with all of that said, uh, now back to the question at hand. I'll read it one more time. The question is, isn't the Torah movement, Hebrew roots slash Messianic Judaism, just a form of Judaism? My answer to that is no, I don't believe it is. And uh, this goes back to a conversation that Rob and I were having yesterday when we were talking a little bit about um, Some of the uh, some of the nuances of the first century, and Rob suggested to me, actually, why don't you do you remember this that Judaism was an invention of the first century or of that around that time? It's a it's a categorical invention. It's not necessarily biblical. And why don't you talk about that for a minute and tell us why?
1: I'm talking about the um, where does this term come from? and that's where we get the word judaism right and it comes from the you know it comes from the greco-roman world right and we've talked about this before it's a greek word it's not a it's not a hebrew word it's not an <laughs> aramaic word
0: do you know how many minds you just blew Blew right there so, <laughs> people in the hebrew roots movement are like wait judaism isn't a there's no Hebrew word for Judaism. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know
1: that is not.
0: There's no Hebrew. There's no
1: word Judaism in the Talmud or in the Mishnah. So, so, so the question is: What? First of all, because we're talking about labels and the helpfulness of labels, right? Words are tools, and we put words together to communicate, to get things done, right? To, to formulate ideas, to express ourselves, to try to convey thoughts to other people. And the the question for for we uh, biblical purists, we want to say, well, what does the scripture say? Uh, and, And that's what's important. I think in Galatians, where we see eudaismos used, Paul's differentiating himself. He says, I was part of that. I was part of this thing called the the Judaism. It's the it, both times he uses it, he puts a definite article in front of it. The Jude, the Judaismas. The and he's talking about that it's a it's kind of like a a faction within larger Jewish world. And uh, his expression of that was his zeal for the traditions of the fathers, what he says, the traditions of the fathers, and the competition of him excelling more than others, and his persecution of the ecclesia. Those were his, uh, that's his way of expressing his zeal uh, during his life, the way of life in in the Judaism. So it, to, to read that, in Galatians and then to look at Orthodox world today and where in English they'll say it's Judaism. That's a, that's a mistake.
0: It's not the same thing. Um, I wonder if the, I wonder if it's a mistake for the first century. I mean, when when we look at, I mean, people are going to say, okay, yeah, modern Judaism, you know, those who have done some good studying and those who have, you know, really looked into, um, you know, modern Judaism as opposed to, first century practice, temple practice, those kind of... I mean, the differences are are astonishing. But I think that the argument's going to be made, okay, yeah, but um, is the Torah movement today, is it a form of first century Judaism? Um, And, I mean, even that, you know, Yeshua just... Excoriates the scribes and the Pharisees at certain times. Now, at the same time, let's be clear: he also um, he also eats with Pharisees and whatnot. So, I mean, he's mm-hmm. not he's not uh, just across the board saying this is a wrong sect or something like that. But certainly, he's looking at hearts. Um, you have all sorts of different flavors and or. Ideas, and this is one of the uh, reasons that I've tried to go back to the idea of covenant people. I don't think that Judaism is necessarily what we should be uh, what what we should be focusing on, whether it is Judaism of today or Judaism of the first century. I think what we should be looking at is uh, covenant membership and relationship with God, and this is ultimately what Yeshua That's is preaching. That's
1: exactly right. Right, and there's. There, you know, even Yeshua's disciples were having trouble understanding when he's telling them what's going to happen. Right. By the way, in other words, there's no, in other words, there's no word. There was no word already that Yeshua said, yeah, where he came and said, yeah, this is, this is, this is the group I'm part of. Right. Exactly. Or this is the move. Yeshua didn't come and say, yeah, this is the movement I'm part of. He came and he, uh, Like we read in Galatians or in in Romans, he came to to move the fulfillment of the promise to the patriarchs, right? It says in Galatians, uh, if you belong to Messiah, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise.
0: Now, what's what's interesting about this is, is, is several things. First of all, Paul does equate himself with a sect, right? Pharisee of Pharisees is What he right. says, um, but Yeshua never does that. By the way, uh, this we need to shamelessly plug this right now. Rob is teaching a class starting on September 8th Judaism's, uh, uh modern Judaism's. Is that what it's called? Anyway, there's a no, link. That's not
1: that's not this quarter, is it? Um.
0: <laughs> Oh uh, well, let's see here.
1: What did we? I thought Ju- we're doing Judaism in the
0: first. Judaism's century. in the first century. I'm sorry, Judaism's in the first century. There is a link right now in the uh, in the chat room, which Mike just posted for everyone. Um, I would highly recommend that class. I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it does kind of look at modern Judaism's and the differences between them, and kind of yeah, it's it, it's it's a dynamite class. A lot of reading, but it's very good. Uh, what do we have here, Caleb? I bought Aphrodite and the Rabbis since you benefited from it good job Lois uh,
1: Aphrodite and the rab- oh that's uh, I didn't remember did you read that one
0: I don't remember if I did or not
1: I think that's uh, Bert Vazosky but I don't remember for sure I don't have that one
0: that sounds something more like a Rob read anyway uh, I don't remember reading that Lois but great tell me how it is <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so yeah, let's go back here. Let's go back to our topics. Um, okay, so then after that question, we got this question. And this is from a channel called El Blessed TV. Okay, if I come to, uh, and I, I, I'm going to have to smooth this out a little bit. If I come to Torah after 16 years being a Christian, do I need circumcision? I am only part Jewish. Now this is, so we've talked about circumcision, whether or not people should get circumcised, um, and our, our ideas on that. And uh, what really caught my attention was, I am only part Jewish. So this goes back to, to covenant. First of all, was Abraham a, a Jew? He was part Jewish. No.
1: No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No.
0: No, he wasn't. Quit screwing people up. Abraham wasn't Jewish. He was Gentile, okay? And did he get circumcised? Yes. Um, I would like to know where in the scriptures it says that Jews, Jews are the ones to get circumcised. It doesn't exist. The idea that only Jews get circumcised or you have to be ethnically Jewish in some way or you have to convert and become, quote unquote, become a Jew to get circumcised is a man-made idea that is not found anywhere in scripture. And it's pushed very much within the messianic movement today. If you want to be a part of us, you need to convert, you need to become Jewish, and then you need to get circumcised. This is, it's impossible to be, and I've said this many times, you can become Jewish as much as I can become Italian. You can't become Jewish. Uh, it, it doesn't work like that. Um, so, the idea that circumcision is only for Jews is a man-made conception. It's something that does not exist within Scripture. What does exist within Scripture is coming to into covenant relationship with God and then observing and partaking in the covenant signs. This is true for every covenant. Right,
1: And we know it's not just it. it we know, I think it's Josephus writes about, and maybe even Philo, that there were other, other nations practiced circumcision in the ancient world. So the question is, what what does it mean, and what's it matter, and that's back to the point of of Abraham. There's it's you could the question is well, do I need to be circumcised? I uh, need for what in order to be saved?
0: Yeah, ex- no, thank you. No, no. Well, I mean, great, and that is exactly where the conversation needs to go. What need for what <laughs> exactly? The question is, are, you need to,
1: to examine your heart. Are you, are you all in for love of God and, and keeping the commandments? And so the question is, why not? The issue that gets tangled up for people is when reading translations of, for example, Galatians or um, maybe Romans, where you had people who are it looked like they are being forced Um, well, in fact, you know, there was a group, obviously they were going around and compelling people saying, you're not saved unless this and using intimidation. And so people's response and acceptance of this commandment was based out of fear of man and thinking, and and then the category mistake of thinking now they belong to this particular group and therefore God must accept them now. And that's that's so wrong. And that's why Paul, when Paul's talking about circumcision, he's he's just, you know, roaring against these people who are falsely representing the gospel and the covenant promises.
0: we got to stop for a second. This is this is too uh, too powerful and uh, appalling all at the same time. In the uh, in the chat room, Andre says, and this is not Andre here in Tacoma, different Andre, Andre Robles. And you can find his comments uh, next to this uh, next to this uh, video. Uh, They are now you can now see the comments, which is very nice. But uh, check out Andre's uh, comments and and, uh, contact him if need be. He says, uh, just had to leave our congregation because we are not Jewish. Oh, man, did you, I would have handed them a, a copy what? of Ephesians on the way out the door.
1: I would say, yeah, good riddance. Yeah, like, but hang on. He, then oh.
0: he then he posts, he says, if anyone wants to join a Torah-keeping Christian community in Sacramento, hit me up. We started three weeks ago. Good job, man. Excellent. What's
1: the, what, where did they get sent away from?
0: Uh, that is not information that has been given in the chat room. As oh, okay, of okay. But, uh, yeah, if you're in the Sacramento <laughs> so, area, so there you we, go.
1: <laughs> There you go. Yeah.
0: I mean, and... I've
1: heard this kind of thing before. Ultimately,
0: I mean, Rob is right. People are confused. Good riddance. If you have teachers that are teaching you that you need to be Jewish in order to be in fellowship with them, then your teachers need a lesson in the Bible.
1: Yeah, they're false. They're they're trying to please men.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Wow. Oh, he gives the name. He gives the name of the congregation. Do we do we air the name of the congregation in Sacramento? Ooh. It's up to
1: you. I don't know. That's uh,
0: yeah. That's uh,
1: the chat room's enough. I the suppose. chat
0: room's enough. We'll leave it there. Uh, Andre has has uh, posted the name. If you're interested, I'm so curious. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. I'm being a good boy here. <sighs> Oh, what's interesting is that the name should reflect inclusion of all nations because, yeah, their name should, uh, the the name should encompass all nations. That's the the worst part is that it is an oxymoron to have the name of this group and then not allow. um, uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, we got, uh, we got more to talk about. Don't worry. So after that, now we come to Joseph's comment. And this is also a wonderful comment. Um, and he asks this question. He says, just wondering if you guys could discuss Isaiah 56 on your show, if you have not already. This is interesting because the passage mentions foreigners keeping the Lord's covenant and his Sabbaths. Some may argue that these foreigners are converts, But the context seems to point to foreigners that are not considered part of the people. In other words, the shepherds or leaders keep people away instead of recognizing all who thirst, Isaiah 55, can draw near to the covenantal relationship with the Most High, including keeping his Sabbaths. Does that make sense? Does this passage destroy Noahite doctrine? I think the Bible destroys Noahite doctrine. Anyway, let's keep going, especially observing verse 3 and verse 6. Mention... Hanukhar, the foreigner, oh, Nocher, sorry, Hanukhar, as opposed to the Gertoshav. Okay, interesting comment on the Hebrew. I will let uh, Rob take that one. However, um, I I just want to focus real quick on the Noachite doctrine. For those who don't know what the Noachite doctrine is, and I'm uh, assuming that this is a reference to the Noachite laws, the Noachite laws are a later uh, invention by the rabbis to try to say... and. A lot of people get this wrong. A lot of people think that the Noahite laws were given to say, oh, the, the, uh, the Gentiles only have to keep seven laws. That's actually not true. It is true that they came up with seven laws of the Gentiles. Basically, what they did was they said it wasn't, oh, the Gentiles only have to keep these seven. It was that the Gentiles have seven laws, and they don't even keep those, so they're damned. That's actually what the point was. Was not to The point was not to say, let's include the Gentiles into covenant relationship with us and we'll make it easy for them. We're only going only gonna to give them seven laws. That's not what the point of the Noahide laws were. The point of the Noahide laws were to say, look, the Gentiles can't even keep seven laws. God only gave them seven laws. They can't even keep those, so they're damned. They're out. They are not covenant members. That was the point of the Noahide laws. Um, and... They are, as I already said, they're a later uh, invention by the rabbis. Right. First,
1: Remember, there's no nowhere in the Bible that says these are the Noahide laws.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That, so that's what when we talk about the Noahide laws, we're not talking about something that's in Scripture. That's
0: what Caleb's. Pointing and what, out here. what is more, what we do see within the Torah is the notion that the Gentiles and the surrounding nations will come and attach themselves to Israel and will become. Covenant members. They will not become Jews, but they will become covenant members. And we see this throughout scriptures, including coming out of Egypt and coming to Mount Sinai and being included in Israel as Gentiles. Uh, now, of course, the, the, the rabbis try all sorts of gymnastics to get around this. Uh, but the point is, is that Gentile, and this is the point of, uh, as I read through Acts, it's so amazing to me that the that the Jews you know, there are Gentiles in the synagogues. Acts says that time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. But it is this mega epiphany to the Jews that the Gentiles are included in the covenant. Why is that? If the Gentiles are already in the synagogue, why are they so astonished that the, that the Abrahamic covenant is in your seat, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, and this has happened through Christ? And the reading, The reason why is because... That What were the Gentiles doing in the synagogues? Yeah, they might have been god but they were on a path, I think, to being converts, to becoming Jewish in the eyes of uh, the Jews in the synagogue. They were not quite there yet. They weren't proselytes yet. And so the idea that the Jews don't have to, to become Jewish, they don't have to convert in order to be considered covenant members, was this, I mean, it was offensive. First of all, but it w- it just shattered all these man made conceptions. Okay, so back to Isaiah fifty five and fifty six. Uh, I'm going to let you take it, Rob. Go.
1: Well, one good verse. It's a it's a great passage that Joseph emails about. Um, verse uh, fifty six six is a good place. Uh, it says all the foreign NASB says all the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord. That means all who are keeping, who keep the Shabbat. It's referring to Gentiles keeping the Shabbat. right? And it says that God God hears their prayers. Why? Because it says, I will bring them to my holy mountain. Well, how does God know which ones to bring? He's not talking about natural covenant members uh, in terms of like stock of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are people who are um, by nature without the Torah, like Paul would say in, in Romans two, by nature. In other words, being non-Israel, they didn't grow up where there was Torah being taught or that they were not, they didn't grow up being told that they were heirs to the blessing of the covenant with, uh, of God's promise, uh, covenant with Abraham. So, how did they go from being this pagan person to being Shomer Shabbat? (laughs) Because they worship, they worship the God of Israel. They're confessing, right. They're confessing um, that, you know, God, you know, that he's the creator, that he's um, the covenant maker, that he revealed his Torah at Mount Sinai, and that, They actually hear the true message of the scriptures, which means the the call of the promised Abraham is that in you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And they want that blessing. And so their blessing, it says, I will bless those who bless you. So they come and they say, I'm one who blesses Abraham. And they see the Shabbat as part of their worship. Right. They see it as part of, yeah. Well, they it's have a, to. It's right? part of their logical. It's a logical but, reflection of their worship of God.
0: Yeah, and and actually, I was studying MacArthur's uh, views on on uh, Acts twenty the other day, and he tries, you know, he he goes through a huge amount of of. Uh, he gives ten points on why the the Sabbath doesn't need to be kept, essentially by by Christians. But here's wow. the point: if we're if we are covenant members, then once again, we bear the sign of the covenant. And I think that all the Covenants... You can't separate the Covenants. You can't se- separate the Abrahamic Covenant from the, the Mosaic Covenant. You can't separate the Mosaic Covenant from the Davidic Covenant. You can't... I mean, none of them can be separated. And so, um, this is one of the reasons that I believe that all of the signs of the Covenant need to be upheld. Which And what is the sign of the Mosaic Covenant? The Shabbat. The sign of the Mosaic Covenant is the Shabbat. And so... Keeping the Shabbat is a sign that we are in covenant relationship with him. Now, I know that we're going to get all sorts of comments about Christians not keeping the Shabbat and all, all sorts of things. But the point is, is, yeah, we need to be trying to uphold the covenants and we need to be upholding the signs of the covenant. That includes circumcision. That includes the Shabbat. And uh, I know people who are, may, may be listening to this, uh, us for the first time are going to be yelling at their screens or yelling at their stereos right now. Um well, we have lots of information on why we believe this. But I think that uh I think that the it it should just be natural that if we are in covenant relationship with God, those covenants have been laid out and the covenant uh the, the covenant uh obligations and their signs are part of that. You don't just take piece, the pieces of the covenant that you like.
1: It's interesting because what does Yeshua say here? Oh, or you could ask, like a MacArthur, why? Why in the world does Yeshua cite Isaiah fifty-six while he's knocking over the money changer tables?
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. What meaning, I... what meaning does Isaiah fifty-six have for Yeshua? For that to be what he's preaching out loud while he's doing one of this, uh, one of the biggest. Um, even the unbelievers, his, unbelieving historians believe this really happened because it's in all force And you know what I mean? They're like, it's just, it's, it's as historical fact as anything. And he's quoting Isaiah 56. Yep. You, have to, you have to ponder that. Did he just want, was he divorcing it? Did he just take this little cut, this little piece out of Isaiah 56 and and make it mean something completely different? Or is the is this prophetic vision that Isaiah has of the fulfillment of the promise to the patriarchs and the, the fullness of the blessing coming into the whole world as Abraham's name was Abram and now it's Avraham, right? Does it have anything to do with that? Or is Yeshua just, oh, this is just picking and choosing. I'm gonna pick a little scripture here to yell at people. That's something you have to think about. And then think about this. Think about, you know, you could stop there. But if you continue at the end of Isaiah 56, it says, uh, It says, The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, Yet others I will gather to those that are already gathered. Then what does it say? All you beasts of the field or living creatures, all you beasts in the forests, come eat. His watchmen are blind. They know nothing. They are mute dogs, unable to bark. Dog, they are greedy dogs, not satisfied. They are shepherds without understanding. What? What's he talking about? He's saying that the the nations of the world are these living creatures, right? they live li- these animals of the forest are called to come, but the the people who are watching over the temple are like dogs. Which which are the unclean?
0: Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I, I see that as he's saying, come, eat. And the, don't worry about the dogs. Don't worry about the dogs. They, they, they don't know what they're doing. They're blind. They can't even bark. I think Isaiah's using that as a picture of the nations coming and those that are supposed to be the shepherd, the good shepherds, have become lazy and they're they become about the things of the world and you know
0: there's it, a com- there's a comment that I wanted to talk about Johnny says and um the Sadducees were extorting the Gentiles for their sacrifice just like the Pharisees were forcing circumcision when the father is in the business of welcoming anyone by faith like always I agree with what you're saying Johnny um however I just did a a, a a write-up and a study on uh, the, the Sadducees. And th- I'm going to go somewhere with this. And their role in the temple. And I'm not convinced that this, that the, the priests were all Sadducees. Um, I think some of them were, obviously, and I think that perhaps the high priest might have been a Sadducee. But I think that ultimately you had uh, different belief systems within the priesthood and um, that— Right, cert-
1: right, exactly. We wouldn't say Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, was not a Sadducee.
0: Right. And so, and I mean, so that's a, but he's but, a,
1: but he's a Cohen.
0: But the point right? the, but and the he point, served. Yeah, but the point point I want to highlight here is yeah, I, I completely agree with Johnny's uh the core of what he's trying to say. But I think it goes farther than that. It's not just the Sadducees. I think that all sects of Judaism uh within the first century are are uh, you know, and not across the board obviously. We have some great believing figures within the Gospels and Acts that that hold to certain sects. But the point is is that you have um you you have kind of a no, and he says, "Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, a bit imprecise." No, no, no I, I'm actually glad you said this because what I want to highlight here is not necessarily against what you're saying, but just more to the idea that within the first century we have this glorified idea of, oh, you know, they had the temple and you know they were they were, they were so right on and all these things, and I think ultimately what is really going on is Yeshua comes and says, "No, no, no." no everybody every every group has some something that needs to be um uh, addressed it's it's a hard like issue within or, each yeah. yeah each person has something that needs to uh, you, you know each person is is responsible to to have a personal relationship with the lord but each one of these each one of these groups within judaisms of the first century we got problems all the way across the board and we see this at, at the pinnacle within The temple, and like for instance, when John and Peter in Acts four are taken before the council, you know the council. What is the council? Well, that's hotly debated among scholars. But if there is, you know, seventy-two elders or whatever, it seems as though it's from all different walks of Judaism within that. So. Uh, only to highlight that the, uh, the problem is not simply with one sect believing this or one sect believing that, some condemning this, some condemning that. No, it's like this wide swath of uh, people trying to do it their way instead of the way that the Almighty has, has done it. And obviously, Yeshua throwing the tables over, this story is like the spitting in the face of the establishment of the, of the temple, right? And this is why they want... It's like at that point that they're like, we're going to kill this dude. We're going to take this guy. We are going to crucify him, literally. And that's when the, the plots began. Because they, they thought worldly power was where it was at. Exactly. Yes. And, and that was threatened.
1: And Yeshua came to really show, show the difference between what it means to serve God versus what it means to for men to serve themselves. and
0: Yeah. Okay. We got um, some really good co- uh, comments that we can still address. Uh, I think that we'll probably try to post something, even if it's not a full show, maybe it will be a full show. Maybe it won't be. We don't know. We'll have to see. We'll post something for our supporters in the Messiah matters more section. Um, we have comments about the salt covenant. We have comments about Ezekiel's temple we have comments about uh, salvation and whether or not god gives it to everyone who wants it uh, we have a com- we have yeah there's all we have a lot more that we can talk about um and so i'm not sure if we're going to get to all of it in a full episode or if we're just going to try to uh just post a a normal sized extra video this week but no matter what we will try to do something for our listeners uh, for our supporters and, uh, yeah, anything else? Anything else you want to say? It's been a short show. We're actually seven minutes short of what we normally do, uh, which is fine. Uh, you know, guess what? We're in charge. We, we, we can do what we want. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to, our, uh, to everyone in the chat room. It's been a lively chat. You know, I, my heart just breaks for Andre and, and the idea that people are getting run out of congregations. Uh, for not having a you know having an ethnic mark uh, you know an the ethnic badge oh jewish stamp approved come on in i mean this is just it's so heartbreaking to me um anyway all right guys we appreciate all of you so much and we will not be here next week uh we will be here hopefully and well lord willing we'll be here the the week after that We're going to try to post something in Messiah Matters more. And yeah, I think that's going to be it. We hope that this conversation has done specifically one thing, maybe more, but that one thing is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Because Messiah Matters.